Welcome to this Connected Podcast. I'm Ethan. I'm Matt. I'm Lucas. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the 2008 financial crisis. Uh, but before that, our Rube Goldberg machine, man. Yeah. We finally got it after, what, a, like probably two hours of testing and should trial and error. Yeah, we definitely tried the machine like 35 times before we got it to work. got a full-on success. It was up. There were some upsetting failed trials. Yes, there were. Oh, you, were right. you were there for the one that was... The, the ball came down the ramp, hit the weight, but the weight didn't fall. Yeah, that happened a lot, didn't it? No. It happened it only, once. It happened only once. Oh, maybe was a different one. Because I set it up, off. and I didn't have the weight, like, half off the edge to where it tip. Like, the ball hit it, but it didn't tip. My favorite was always when the razor, like, the straight edge, the knife, wouldn't cut, the like, the... It was a piece of thread. It was yeah. a tiny piece of yeah, thread. Yeah, I don't want to cut it. hair thick, it. and it, the razor blade couldn't cut it. I was furious. All right, so for the listeners, I'm going to explain the Rube, Gold machine, Rube Goldberg machine in uh, excessive right, detail. Excessive detail. So this is what it was. We had an air-powered cannon set to 25 PSI. About a little over 20 PSI. I'd with say about with a plastic ball inside of it, right? Ethan presses the button, launches that. In a ring stand that's supported above a table, there's a piece of tin foil with two alligator clips on it. Ball goes through the ring stand, breaks the tin foil, which breaks a circuit, which there we made a tower out of connects, which has an electromagnet on it. Boom, circuit's broken, electromagnet falls, electromagnet's holding onto a spring-powered cannon's launcher, boom, launches that. Lead ball goes up, which has a hole through it, which has a string through it, which is tied to a copper le- cable, which is attached to a, pla- a car, a, pl- a, a plastic car, a toy car, and there's a, a there's a piece of uh, tape attached to the copper wire wire that's wedged between the two batteries, and then that's pulled out, and then the car goes, and the car's attached to a string, so when it reaches the end of a ramp, it hits the start to a record player, but then it pulls back, and then the record player starts to spin, and then there's a razor blade that cuts a thread, and a pendulum starts to fall with a weight on it, and then the weight hits a ball that's on top of a ramp, and then the ball goes down the ramp, and then it hits a 10-pound weight, which falls into a bucket, which is suspended along a pole that acts as a pulley, and then that pulls it down, and then it pulls... A plug from a bottle of water, which is hot glued so water doesn't leak from it, pulls that out. Water goes into a funnel, which goes into a tube, and it comes out into a nice glass of water for us. I really appreciate it. As you kept explaining, your voice kept getting higher and higher. (laughs) I I was watching him do, like, the hand motions. Like, that was was probably my favorite part. It's hot glued to a plug, and then a plug gets pulled out, and the water falls out of the bottle, and then it goes into a tube. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's a lot of breath, okay? All right, Uh, roll the intro. Welcome to Disconnected. All right, everyone. So as I said earlier, we're talking about 2008 financial crisis. Probably, arguably the second worst financial disaster in our country. You know, oh, for sure. The Great Depression. I'd say it's almost, it's, it's agreed upon by most economists. I'd say most Americans in general. For sure. Um, but it, it, it was, it's not the same uh, scenario as the Great Depression. Uh, the, what caused the 2008 financial crisis was mortgages and houses, the housing market. Uh, first of all, uh, we, we know what a mortgage is, right? It's a, it's a loan for a house. Uh, you yes. know, you're tra- Traditionally, they're like $200,000 for 30 years at a fixed rate interest rate, right? Yep. You know, pretty standard. So they're a loan to get a house. Uh, but, you know, when you think of a mortgage, it's pretty boring, right? You know, you get money from a bank, you pay it off over time, blah, 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 blah. You got some agents and some lawyers or whatever. That's <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. You know, yep. it's pretty, yeah. sounds pretty boring. Is that how that works? Yes. Okay. It sounds pretty boring until uh, a few people... 
David Maxwell, Louis, Louis Ranieri, and Larry Fink came along in the 70s, 80s, around that time. Uh, they saw the mortgage as a way to make money rather than just this boring piece of financing. So they created what was a mortgage-backed security. Kind of, it's basically a bond. Uh, a, you know, you have your savings bond. You know, you put it mm-hmm. away, and if the value of like something goes up or down, you're going to make money or you're going to lose money. Uh, this is this is the same principle. Just what people are investing in is mortgages. Uh, they're seeing if the values of the homes go up or down, rather than you know, like a like a government building a bridge or whatever, right? Yeah, so, got good? that. Okay. So they create this mortgage bond, and you know, it it was it's a good idea. You know, investors um, they have to be big investors for the most part, um, but if they wanted like more average day people they needed uh a few things like because people can invest in them with their pension funds as well um but you know they needed to do a few things with the government and like the rest of the industry in order to get that to happen so what they did was they needed uh three things tranching the rating agencies to cooperate and the government itself and this is where the the organizations fannie mae and freddie mac come in uh do you know what they are no i was just lo- like the three things you listed i mean i know what the government is i know what the ratings probably are like you have the double a triple a all that stuff Tran- tranching i've Tran- never heard of tranching it tranching is 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 similar it, it pertains to ratings um but oh, it's a little bit different but have you haven't heard of fannie mae and freddie mac not, not, really, not a lot no. of people have so they're what are known as government sponsored uh enterprises um, back in the 70s and 80s, where, when the mortgage bond was created, they were dominated the mortgage market. They were the largest lenders, the largest creators of mortgage, mortgages, like, or the writers. Um, they completely dominated the industry. Uh, so, like, the private banks, like Goldman Sachs and KeyBank, they weren't even, like, significant in the mortgage market. Not even close. It was just these two people. For the most part, I mean, a private agents, private enterprises did have you know some share, but wasn't even close to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So, what they needed to do was de- somehow decrease the power of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So that that's what goes into the cooperation with the government. They needed the government in order to decrease the power of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Uh, when they tried to get a, a bill passed in the eighties, uh, they thought. Like they made a deal, but they got screwed over. Uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac did not uh, lose any power at all, and only changed something with like double taxation. So the deal was, hey, uh, we'll get rid of this double taxation issue if you decrease the power of Fannie Mae and Freddie Freddie Mac. Sounds good. You know, both win win for both sides. They only got rid of the t- double taxation issue. Freddie Mae and Freddie Mac, nothing happened to them. So only one side of that deal was upheld, really. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, and the private enterprises were furious. They got the shaft. They got the shaft. They got the large shaft. shaft. Uh, I'm. I feel kind of stupid for asking this, but can you explain double taxation? Double taxation, because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, it was a government-sponsored enterprise, so it's it's like a business, you know, like Walmart, but it was also sort of part of the government, mm. and this was because all of their loans that they wrote sponsored by the government so meaning if they failed nothing would happen to freddie mac or, or fannie mae or freddie mac because the government was sponsoring them so it was kind of like backed by the government oh. that's why they were so, so successful and people would invest in them 
was because you know there was almost no risk because they're supported by the government. We can never lose. You, yeah, um, almost never lose. Almost. You know, and then 2008 happened. And then right, yeah, right, right. Everything, lost. everyone loses. Well, not everyone. Yeah. Some yeah. people made money. This is true. Select few. Some people made a lot of money. Um, so now that's kind of the cooperation with the government part. But you also have tranching and the rating agencies. Uh, tranching is, could be described as like category and risk. Um, so you, you, you have your mortgage bond. You know, it's just like thousands, hundreds of thousands of mortgages put into a bond and people can invest in them. Um, but you can split it into like multiple pieces. You know, you can have your high risk investments, you know, people probably won't pay them off or they may not pay them off, but if they do pay them off, you're gonna make a lot of money. You have your lower risk ones, which are like, you know, the same thing. You, you won't make as much money. Oh God, I'm yawning. That's not cool. <laughs> I'm going to start <laughs> yawning now. <laughs> um, but you have your lower risk investments. You won't make as much money. And, but, you know, you might make a little bit because it's low risk. And you have your moderate risk. You know, it's it's 50-50 whether you're going to lose or make money. Um, so that's what tranching is. Um, all investments, like period, revolve around risk. You know, am I going to make money or am I going to lose money? And how right. likely am I to make money or lose money? Yeah. Like right? in the that's stock market. Stock market, bonds, almost everything. Just investing in general. Yeah. You have to evaluate risk. So I needed a way to categorize risk in mortgage bonds. They did that, but they also needed the rating agencies. You know, you can like categorize risks, risks somehow, but if you don't have the stamp by rating agencies like Standard and Poor and Moody's, you know, people aren't going to really look at those as good investments. Period. Right. So they needed somehow to get the rate, rating agencies to be able to rate these mortgage bonds double A to double B or triple B. Sorry, triple A to triple B and D, which is like defaulting mm. so you know it goes to zero people lose a lot of money uh teacher i have a question yes what's up uh so i know that the standard and poor's rating industry that's like the s&p uh, 500 index um do they still rate things today mm-hmm. okay. yeah i did not know that i thought it was completely separate thing well isn't the rating agencies one, like one of the groups of companies that got bailed out or is that not them uh I actually don't know how the rating agencies were affected by the 2008 financial crisis. I only know mainly the banks. I'm sure they were uh, probably affected and they were probably investigated, if anything, and they lost money through investigations and fines. So just like a... But well, how... Did the rating agencies even have a stake? Like, were they even invested in any of the the well, mar- mortgages? The, the, so... I'll, I'll get into, like, how... Why the rating agencies were so important why the ratings themselves were so important and how they connected to the banks that were mm-hmm. giving out mortgages in a little bit. All right? Yeah. All right. So since they had a way to categorize risk and they had this side of the rating agencies, they would give them a rating on these bonds, but they got screwed over. They still had no way to market these to investors, you know, because they they had almost no share of the mortgage market. Right. So mortgages at those time, at that time, were the ones I described earlier. 30 years, $100,000, $200,000 fixed interest rate. Mm-hmm. Really simple. They're pretty low risk in general. Yeah. Those are called prime loans um, because they're really likely to get paid back. So those go to people with like really good credit. I'm really good credit ratings, you know, and they just have a good history of paying stuff back in general. Okay. Right? Those are called prime loans. That was Those are the only type of loans that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac touched. Mm-hmm. They would not even go near what is known as subprime loans, 
loans given to people with bad credit ratings that have a bad history of paying stuff back, that have a really low paying job or even no job at all. So that probably helped them. Like you said that uh, Fannie and Freddie Mae or, or Mac and whatever their names are, they um, their loans were backed by the government, but they were probably still safe because the credit agency, like or the people that they're selling the stuff to, always pay their back. Right. Yeah. So it's but not where, like they default. They, they took yeah. low risk anyway. They, they, and then, yeah. They were already low risk because of the government sponsor, but like the the loans that they were writing and lending to people were also extremely low risk. So, of course, people are going to invest in them. They're going to make a little bit of money, and they're probably not going to lose any. Yep. So, to get around that, they the big the big banks, uh, private banks, they just went to subprime loans. So, but people with bad credit ratings and people not likely to pay them back. Um, the reason they were able to do this and get away with it so easily was because the American dream at the time was, let's just get people into houses. And then you'll you'll have the was like two point five children. It's like two two point three children. Two point three children wife. in a car and, and, and a hot wife. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah, definitely. That's still part of the American obviously. dream. <laughs> but like, it was just I want to be a homeowner. I want to have a car, and I want to have two point three children. That was the American dream. Mm-hmm. So like, we're they they did not care how bad these loans were, how bad you know the people were at paying it back and stuff. Yeah. They they didn't care at all. They just wanted people to be in homes. That was it. Yeah. They just saw like short term benefits. Mm -hmm. think about long-term effects Mm -hmm. uh so this industry actually no i gotta get into one more thing uh so you could do the same thing with tranching in subprime loans uh so you could they're all bad loans in general uh but you can still put them into a bond but the thing is when you have all these bad loans you can't just throw them in together and get like a triple a rating on the bond yeah you know you have to do there's something you have to do and uh, that's what the private banks did they did this thing called subordinated structure so you could give the top layer of a mortgage bond a triple a rating the reason it's going to be triple a is because you're going to pay those people back that invested in the triple a section first right yeah So, so when people are investing and the people are paying back on their mortgage that money's going to the triple a investors first mm-hmm. right and the triple b investors they get their money last rather yeah. than like it uh, rather than chronologically like if you invested in someone invested in double b someone else invested in double a uh you know the double a is going to get paid back first even if the double b invested first that makes sense though i mean it's the lowest risk is getting paid back first yeah and the highest you know, they're they're most, most likely to get their money back you right know, and th- that's and that was how um the private banks were able to get rating agencies. They were able to get categorized risk, and they're also able to uh, market them to people uh, because they were decent investments. But the the thing is, these were still all really bad loans. You know, they they we they were not going to get paid back probably. All right. So what people did to even further decrease risk, supposedly decrease risk, mm-hmm. was they created this thing called a CDO. Uh, what? Just they, they did not fix any single problem. No, they didn't. they're all bad loans. So they created a CDO, which is you have your mortgage bond, which you know double, triple A, you know B's and triple B. You know has all those sections: high risk, low risk, moderate risk. Yep. What the private banks did to get more investors and supposedly decrease risk—that's in air quotes—is. <laughs> 
they took the triple B section of the bond, took was like just cut that piece out of it like a cake. Then they just took a bunch of triple B sections from multiple bonds and put that into a different box. Mm-hmm. All right. And all of a sudden, that giant box of triple B sections of a mortgage bond is diversified. You know, kind of like how you diversify your stock stock portfolio. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's supposedly good for investing. Same principle here. A bunch of triple Bs in one box is diversified. So you have all these awful loans. But it's diversified. And so all of a sudden, good. it's a triple A rating. All That's of a ridiculous. Sudden, just out of nowhere. Garbage loans, garbage bonds, triple A rating. I think that's a poor like use of the word diversified, like comparing it to a stock portfolio being diversified. Oh, yeah. Because when you diversify a stock portfolio, you're getting stocks from like different sectors, different places, different amounts, high or like high risk, low risk stocks. And it's just like all over the place. So mm-hmm. if one thing fails, maybe another thing's going to go up and you're good. Yeah. But right. this, it's all, it's almost all the same thing. They're all ranked. Yeah. B, triple B or whatever. But they're from different bonds. So. Right. Technically, they're different things in financing. I mean, not really. But they're all ranked. But like, if one goes down, chances are the others are going to go down. It's scummy. But well, like, I, re- I remember when you first explained it, um, I thought, like, more of what Lucas was saying with how it'd be like, if diversified men's, there was like, there's triple A's and triple B's and like everything in between. There's like an even balance of like the ratings. Yeah. And that's you, how you, you get like, like a you decent had, you rating. You had some triple A's, you know, and you had like some A's or B's and you had, you sprinkled in some triple B's in there. Yeah. yeah it bounces out. And you take like a, you take like the average, yeah. but that's just not what the happens. The majority of these were triple B's or double B's. It was, they were, they were garbage. Like they were bad investments. But the thing is there were hundreds of thousands of mortgages in these CDOs and mortgage bonds. Yeah. No one's going to look through these mortgages and like the, the credit ratings of the people owning them. So, so like, it's just too much. It's just too much work. No, no one's going to take that time. So that's why they get away with it because they're like – and also the housing market in general was really stable up until that point mm. throughout American history. So people were like, it's housing. How could it possibly fail? They Obviously, they were wrong. You know, yeah, and, really? And people suffered. <laughs> but that's what people thought. They, they didn't think it would ever fail. I've got a quick like aside here. Do you think like say the say the crisis didn't happen in 2008 – Say up in 2018 with like all the new technology and everything we have, like it, it's and do you think that people would go through all the data now? Like I mean, big data is really yeah on the up on the uprise. Yes, you think people would go through that now and we could possibly I think avoid it's it? It's a lot easier to go through it now. Like you can come up with algorithms that would well, be able come to come up with what exactly? Well, like, like you're saying, like it would be like I mean, no one wanted to go through the work to comb through like millions of columns of, of data and of stuff. Mortgages, yeah, yeah, and like look at the individual credit ratings, but. I mean, ten years in advance of tech, of new technology, and like easier access to the data and everything, and tons of people are investing in like data science and big data. Like, do you think that it could be prevented because people would have gone through it if it happened now? Well, I think it could have. I, I don't know. Well, you mentioned on the first episode that that one uh, service that uh, helps you find houses, didn't you? Uh, Zillow. Zillow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, stuff like that helps, but I don't think. I still don't think even with big data, people are going yeah. to comb through all those. That's what I was thinking. I think it, I think it, I think more people would be aware of it. That's for sure. Maybe well, not enough. Not enough. That, yeah. Not enough. Probably that. But no, I don't think anyone in their right mind is going to comb through hundreds of thousands no. of mortgages to find out what's really in them. It, it, it's just it's a waste it, of time. So much work. It, like yeah, because what are the chances that they're they're bad? Well, like really? Yeah, the housing market's always been stable. Yeah. Right. Like they have faith in it. 
and that's where people went wrong. They had faith in bank banking. Always be skeptical. Better World Shopper rates <laughs> bad or big banks as the number one worst industry. That's true. Out of all, all everything. I think everything. I think bottled water comes up right behind that. <laughs> yeah, does it? I don't know. Does it actually? I know that, that up. I know that Nestle's ranked doo doo. Oh, of course. Oh, so. yeah. So Wasn't the actual get, rating? Get, getting yeah, that fat F. Yeah, they got a fat they F. Got a fat F. So we know what a CDO is. We know what a mortgage bond is. Hopefully, right? Yeah, we're, we're okay with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm all caught up. All right. So you have your CDO. You can also rank that. You know, triple A, B's, A's, triple B's. What you do is you take the triple B slice of a CDO, take a bunch of those, put those into a box, you have a CDO squared. So you have the garbage of the garbage put into a box, and it's become amazing for some reason. Yeah, so it's like when you, your your trash can's on fire, <laughs> and then you throw it in the dumpster, and then the dumpster starts on fire. <laughs> yeah, and then you bring that dumpster to a landfill. And the entire you start the whole thing on fire. Sun starts on fire. And then all the CO2 emissions and everything yeah. go up into the air, and it's just donezo from there. Yeah. So, like, you can keep repeating this whole process of cutting the triple Bs out of a CDO and putting it into a new CDO. You can go CDO cubed, CDO to the fourth, CDO to the fifth. So what happens is eventually is you have all these, like, bonds and CDOs intermingled with each other. So it's really, like, one giant box yeah. of mortgages. And it's like, as soon as one goes, they're all going to go. This is like, they just get exponentially worse. Oh, yeah. As you add, so as you couple more on top of each other. But like, no, there's a higher risk, I guess. It's diversified, apparently. Oh, yeah. so diverse. It's so diverse. It's so diverse. So it's a, it's a, it's a quote unquote good investment. So if you ever hear the word diversified and you're talking about finance. Watch out. Yeah, watch be out. on the lookout. Watch out, be out, you a, be a little more aware. Because yeah. it could be. Like, if it's a stock portfolio, diversified actually means diversified. Yeah, that's yeah. good. It's helpful. Yeah. yeah, but mortgages apparently is just not the case. No, it's not the case at all. Um, I'm going to start diversifying my college loans. Don't what, do that. What is that? <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. <laughs> that's, I, don't that, I don't think that's a thing. No, it's not. <laughs> so, initially when people were making these um, these CDOs, they they knew that, you know, these are garbage and that we're really scamming the investors. Mm-hmm. But, like, they knew for a little bit people might not pay them back initially um, because they, they were able to keep track of what they people were invested in. But and then it eventually did get to, like, CDO squared and CDO cubed, and they had no idea what the heck was going right, on. There was just too much they there. Was, they were just too disorganized. But initially they knew somewhat was going on. So they knew if people didn't pay them back, they were going to lose money. So what they, eventually what people created was called a credit default swap. It's kind of like insurance on your bond or CDO. If you can buy them from another bank, and basically, if your bonds, your or no, if your CDOs you're selling uh, fail, that bank will it insures it and will pay you back the money, and you don't lose anything. So it's like insurance for your the potential money that you could earn. In insurance for the money you could lose. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Sorry. So who who got these? So. This I'll just give a quick example with a couple banks. So you have Goldman Sachs and uh, I guess Key Bank. I don't know any any big bank. Goldman Sachs and Key Bank. Goldman Sachs is selling a CDO, so people are investing in it. Mm-hmm. But they might default. The mortgages might default, and people might might not pay them back. And Goldman Sachs and the investors are going to lose money. So what Goldman Sachs can do is buy 
uh, credit default swaps from KeyBank, right? And, and that's kind of like buying insurance. Mm. So if the, if Goldman Sachs CDO that they're selling defaults and goes bad, KeyBank will pay them back the money uh, that they would have lost. So they break even. I see. Can like you were just talking about banks? Can like could like the average consumer buy a, car, a credit default swap, or is that like way too much or something? Oh uh, no, you needed something called an IDO or something like that. I don't remember the exact name, but you needed like $500 million of capital in order oh, to invest oh, in these psh, things. Never mind. Wait, wait. Um, yeah, <laughs> easy. You couldn't do, we couldn't have done that. No, <laughs> you, you couldn't, but like it's houses, so everyone's connected to it. The, uh, right. the consumer, investors, big banks, the government, all, everyone's connected to it. Uh, so you can buy these credit default swaps from anyone. But what's happening is Multiple banks are buying credit default swaps and selling CDOs to each other. All right. So, what this means is, if we go back to the Goldman Sachs Citibank example, if they're selling CDOs and uh, selling or buying uh, credit default swaps from each other, yeah. As soon as one CDO fails, one of them is going to run out of money, and they're not going to be able to pay the other one back for the insurance or the credit default swaps they bought. That's just gonna so like tumble as from there. As soon as one goes, domino effect, and they're all gone, because like as soon as their CDO fails, they're supposed to pay people back because people bought their insurance, insurance, their credit default swaps, but they're out of money. They have no more money because their CDO is busted. So as soon as one goes, they have no more money to pay someone back, and they're like, oh wait, so we, now we have no more money, so they can't pay another bank back. That's ridiculous. And it just keeps toppling over. So. Every big bank fails. Everyone, like, people are getting foreclosed. And there's just, just no more money. No more money. United States is no more yeah. money. <laughs> all the money's <laughs> gone. Broke. I mean, it's, it's all gone. I mean, look at our, uh, but like, our national debt. Yeah, it's rough. It's it was rough. all caused by the 2008 financial crisis. Oh, was it? But, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it. It was yeah, probably expediated by oh, it. No doubt. There's a lot of student debt. Yeah, that's true. That's Free true. college everywhere, all the time. Well, speaking of student debt, Originally, when uh, what was it? Uh, a CDO was created. It's called a collateralized debt obligation. Mm-hmm. Originally, they were made somehow made to invest in debt. So, pe- people with the lack of money somehow you can yeah. invest in that. Well, I don't it? know exactly how that works. I don't really care. In the book I read, most of this information is from a book called "All the Devils Are Here." Um, it, it was a very short section on like how you can invest in debt. I didn't. Yeah. I don't remember it at all. I only cared about the mortgages. The main idea. But you can invest in debt. So you can invest in student debt. There's going to be a student debt bubble. All the student loans. Are you boom. predicting that? Yes, of course. Ethan Stone, economist, <laughs> Pembroke High School, is predicting. Yeah, that's the my education. Twenty thirty four. Pembroke High School. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> predicting yeah, the twenty thirty four uh, student debt. Yeah, I don't. Bubble. I don't know how you can invest in debt, but. Was that like is that like outside people investing on someone else's debt, like betting that they're going to be more in debt? Because that's kind of scummy. Like I'm like, yo, I, I, I'm, I would think it would be you invest in the likelihood of that person getting out of debt. Yeah, that I mean, might, that's better. I, that that would be better, but I don't know. I would hope so because instead you're like it. you're like secretly rooting for them yeah, to you're fail. Like, <laughs> you're just like yeah, like yeah, you you do your thing. Get but you're your like, education. Give me my money. Lose more money. money. You're like you're like this person's bef- bef- below the poverty line. But I want them to live on the streets. Let me make all this money on them. I'm betting on all of their debt. Yeah, yeah, that 
is the way to go. I hope. <laughs> I really hope that's not. <laughs> that's how that works. super scummy. Yeah, Matt, you're screwed. You're gonna be like eight hundred thousand dollars in debt by going to college, aren't you? No. <laughs> There's gonna be so, some, so, yeah, something like that though. It's close. It's close. There's gonna be some millionaire like sitting in his like corner office. Oh man, this man Matt Reeb. I am betting on his debt, and I'm winning big <laughs> he's time. Got, he's just got like a shrine to Matt Reeb. Like, <laughs> that's, where all, that's where all of his money comes is just from Matt. He doesn't need any anything else. No other assets. No other investments. It's only Matt. I Reeb. fund the new one percent with my student debt. <laughs> he comes home for dinner, and his like family singer is like, "Well." Today we can thank Matthew Reed. It's a new religion. <laughs> <laughs> People pray to Matt Reed that he's going to be more in debt in the future. <laughs> yeah, I really hope that's not how that works. Yeah, that'd be a sad day, buddy. I'd be like, that's just in general, like scummy. Really? Dude, yeah. This entire thing is scummy. Everything about this crash is scummy. So the information gap comes in not between necessarily experts and consumers. Of course, consumers have no idea what the hell is going on. Um, and, but they also can't even invest in them, but they should be smart enough not to buy a mansion when their credit rating is negative 1800. Right. Um, and you know, they're wearing the wife beater and, you know, and jorts, you know, picking strawberries and they're wearing socks and sandals. Oh, (laughs) that's Uh, a nice combination. (laughs) White socks and sandals, white socks, Oakley sunglasses, the white, the white, the white socks that have like the gray bottom, like heel and toe thing. No, no, the yellow toe. Yeah. Yeah. The yellow golden toes. toes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They're those people were buying mansions. And when you wash them too much, they get the little fuzzies on them. (laughs) I'm talking about, (laughs) I know exactly. Yeah. But those, those were the people buying mansions and they thought like they could pay them back. They just want to live a good life, man. Did they, did they really think they could pay him back? Where they're just like, you know what? I'll enjoy it while it lasts. Well, it's because they were... for Before um, subprime loans, those people weren't even offered houses in the first place. But then subprime loans came mm. across, and they were like... They saw this mansion from them. They saw a mortgage lender offering them a loan. They were like, uh, sure. Yeah, they I'll take it. that. They'll take their giant pool in the backyard, an 18-story house. I mean, in the beginning, they, maybe they're able to pay the minimum payment. No. No? Not at all? No. Not for a house. Not for a house like Ethan just described. Um, 18 stories? That's crazy. That's got to have at least 20 bathrooms. Is that a skyscraper? What defines a skyscraper? How many stories? I think it's 10, but that's not really relevant. Well, 18 stories is a skyscraper. Now I have to look it up. (laughs) So this guy's buying a skyscraper. (laughs) Well, uh, in the movie, The Big Short came out in 2015. It's also about, about a group of guys that... No, it's about one guy who saw... The crash coming. He was a savant in financing this all this mortgage Man. stuff. He he was the one guy who went through all these mortgages and these CDOs and bonds and saw that the people who are supposed to be paying them back have these terrible credit ratings. He's like one of the only people that ever do it that did it. There you go. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Um. So he like released a paper, and some other people caught on, and they started realizing like. Hey, we can make some money off of this because if they buy credit default swaps, um, they'll they, they can make some money when some CDOs fail. Yep, right? and then they get paid back, and they get paid back. All right, so they saw, found a way to make money. It there's this section in the movie where uh, Steve Carell's character goes to a bunch of uh, predatory lenders mm-hmm. who are just looking for the worst of the worst. They're looking for immigrants. To give houses oh, no. that don't even like have social security cards. Oh no, that's, that's the just, ultimate scum. That is actually just right there. terrible. But according to the movie, and there is a book about it, um, uh, the worst to people with the worst credit ratings were strippers. 
Uh, and my, nice. um, and Steve Carell's character goes to a strip club and asks the strippers, how many houses do you own? The girl owns like two condos and three oh, no. homes in Miami. A stripper. Oh, no. Not making a salary. Okay, it's okay, all like okay. tips. <laughs> all right, all right. You see the things on Twitter all the time of just like wads of cash Yeah. from a stripper. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like all ones though. Yeah, but like, and that's like the if, very, very successful stripper. Yeah, I guess if you're, like if you're the top one percent. Yeah, I guess I'm throwing quarters at them, dude. <laughs> I'm not throwing one dollar. I'm not throwing any bills. Pocket change. <laughs> I'm throwing my sock of quarters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pennies. Just flip, flipping pennies into the the area. Yeah, That'd be bad. I guess they don't really but, make that much money. Yeah, stripper, two condos, like three houses. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Those are the people that were getting all these homes, um, but. For for some reason, like they they thought it was a good investment, they thought they could pay them back. Or... Dude, they were just living the life, okay? So they're living the short term yeah, life. Dude, they were they were really they were really enjoying it. For that, they were rolling for but, like a month. Yeah, for a month. <laughs> so like, there's there's an information gap between consumers and the experts. Uh, mainly, if the, the consumers just being idiots, thinking they could they could pay these homes off. Um, the experts just taking absolute advantage of the idiocy of the consumer. Yeah. yeah. But there was also um, an information gap between experts and more experts. Because as I said earlier, as there more CDOs, as like the power of CDOs got bigger, like CDO to the fourth and CDO mm. cubed, it, it, it just became like one giant box and all these mortgages were like all over the place and they were all connected to it, to each other in some way. And people just lost track. Experts yeah, they lost didn't track. Even know. They didn't even know what the hell the, the mortgage market even was at that point. Yeah. So like experts didn't even know what other experts were trying to deal with so you know i feel like that's a what you were talking about earlier where like the consumers like thought they could buy these like huge houses and stuff yeah because like the experts were like the mortgage brokers were like oh here's your mortgage for this i feel like that's common in a lot of areas of finance i mean probably in other other areas too but like credit like credit cards Mm. people are like oh i'm gonna go buy this like two thousand dollar tv or whatever but maybe they don't make that much, and then they pay the minimum payment on that for, like, $200. And they're like, oh, good, I paid off the TV, basically. I used my credit card, paid $200 for my minimum payment on a $2,000 TV, but then they're owing tons of interest over the long term. Yeah. And then they're in credit card debt. Predatory lenders. Cars, there's, there's cars tons were... of those that, oh, that yeah. led to the crash. There's, like, there's like something with cars, too, when people would take loans out to get cars, but they couldn't, like, they couldn't afford to keep up with the loan. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it was. I mean, it was way less significant, but. Well, yeah. We don't. So like yeah. car, the car loans, they're uh, generally they're smaller loans, but they have higher interest rates. So like that crash took over a smaller period of time, um, but and it still hurt a lot of people. Uh, but it was a thing. Uh, one more thing. You might le- you might think, hey. All these big, like all these big banks, all these CEOs, they had to have gotten punished, right? At oh yeah. This? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong, 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 fool. They didn't. They Incorrect. And <laughs> they got bailed. They got bailed out by the government. And there was like, again, according to the Big Short, there was like one or two guys that actually went to trial and actually got some sort of punishment. Yeah, what? Like one or two people. A year of like. Community pick, service. Yeah, pick like trash. slapped the back of his hand for like ruining the entire yeah, U.S. Get, like get housing market. So, and that's like where Obama comes in because, you know, 2008, that's the beginning of Obama administration, end of the Bush administration. Obama has to come in and deal with this thing. Taxes are raised, yep. which means 
and oh, and people lose their houses, of course, and you know, taxes are raised, so people have to pay more money in order to get the government, you know, back on foot after bailing out all these banks. Mm-hmm. But CEOs, they they saw this money that they got from the government and gave themselves a giant bonus checks. That's ridiculous. They didn't even fix anything in their like oh. structure of their business. No, Trickle down economics at its finest. They also. Uh, that uh, tons of like regular workers at these big banks, those were the people fired instead of, of the, the CEOs. Obama passed the Dodd Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act. Yeah, that right? was to sort of try to prevent this thing from happening again, and if it were to happen again, at least diminish the effect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's to create like more government oversight and regulation on these banks. On the banks, yep. In the mortgage market in general, um, Trump is rolling it back. Currently, well, yeah. or actually, I don't know wh- how it stands right now. But he's trying to roll has, back. There has he's been news to. about it and him rolling it back. Yeah. It only makes sense. He's conservative, yeah. so kind of so, is a fair kind of thing. Yeah, basically. So we're poised for like a twenty twenty eight crash. Maybe I, don't, I mean I don't, I don't even know. Not necessarily. I don't, know. I don't know. But I know I talked to my dad about this, and he said in New York, not much happened, like Western New York, because apparently even here, like. People aren't idiots in Western New York. We're just let's go. Yeah, like the more it it, it didn't really affect many people. Wings make you smart. The the housing market in Western New York was perfectly fine. (laughs) Wings and people (laughs) lack. No, it was mainly in uh, in suburbs. Mm, Um, people lost all these homes. They were just outside of cities and in cities themselves. Right. Um. So out here in the old country. Not yeah, we're happened. we're all good. We know what we're doing. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> we get our farm. Yeah, we passed down our farms we, from generation yeah, to generation. We, we just build our houses, and we're fine with our hands. Uh, honestly, that is what it is, though. Our a little bare bit, hands. A little yeah. bit. All right, we'll cut out that silence. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, the 2008 financial crisis crash course. Basically, there is. So much more stuff and so many more specific names I could get into if I really wanted to, but AIG, AIG is the worst bank <laughs> of all time. I mean, AIG stands for American International Group. It's that it's like a parent company to a bunch of different insurance lenders, or sorry, mortgage lenders, and uh, oh, they were like they were just massive and mm-hmm. they screw over too many people. Um, no bueno. They were no bueno. But like th- they were one of the main contributors. Them and Goldman Sachs, I would say, are two of the biggest banks that contributed to this uh, crisis. Crisis, it, and it was because they came up with new ideas, and then every other bank started copying them. So like they were, already, every bank was already scummy. They got scummier, and all the banks were like, "Hey, they're making money off of the scummier practice. Let's become scummier. Man, make and more money. That everyone made more money. Profit-driven economy. Yeah." It's got to meet the bottom line. Capitalism. That's all that matters. Capitalism is amazing. Cap- until I mean, it fails. Yeah, capitalism is nice. It's great until it's not. It's, it's great exactly. Until it's yeah, not. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd say that's a pretty good explanation of how the 2008 financial crisis happened. Definitely look into it more like by yourself. Like Google it or like Google, read a books on it or whatever. There's tons there's of information. There's so on many it. books. Uh, I, I've only read one and I, w- I want to read the big short, the actual book about that. Yeah, that'd be there's cool. some extra stuff in there. Uh, there there is a thing called a synthetic CDO, which I don't even know what it is. Um, but There's just so much. I, I'd say look that up. That that that's a weird one. Uh, I don't really know how to explain it. I'm we not, literally, I'm not going to. We literally just scraped the top. Yeah, it, there's, it's a, it's an iceberg. It really is an iceberg. We just got what was above the surface. Literally, what we just 
explained or what you just explained was the like if you have a whole head of hair okay it, you explain the dandruff oh okay that's I how see. small <laughs> you explain the frosted tips <laughs> what an incredible <laughs> metaphor thanks yeah matt so. did you find out about the skyscraper there? uh yeah so as it turns out i know this was the important question of the it, episode was, it was today I was, I was um it's approximately 262 feet oh so it's not even stories no well like a, 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 there could be a higher ceiling a story is like what 10 feet I think it's a little more. I don't know. But it says that like it, can, it can also be considered a skyscraper, right. provided that it clearly stands out above its surrounding built environment and significantly changes the overall skyline of the area. So, so it's just like opinion. So like I could build one in my backyard and be qualified as a skyscraper. If it was if tall it enough out. to significantly change the skyline. Ethan, All right. when you're standing around Summer Project. <laughs> when you're standing around some people at school, you're a skyscraper. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you add Ethan to a group, the, the skyline is changed. instantly changed. Yep. You guys suck. Alright, I think that's gonna be it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Alright, stay classy and get connected. <laughs>